Hey, this is Philip Craig here. I'm the pastor of Aria Church. This is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this empowers you. I hope it fuels your faith. And I hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. So today's message, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be called, in our part two of the Habit Series, it's going to be called, You Can Win Today. You Can Win Today. Let's pray. God, I just thank you uh, for your word. We thank you that you're a good father. God, I thank you that uh, we can win today in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can win today. (laughs) Even if your team lost last night, yesterday, or you may be lost in a few different areas of your life this year or, or, or in the last week or months, you can win today. We talked about last week, you don't rise to the level of your goals, but you fall to the level of your systems. And as I said, I'm not a systematic type of person naturally, but I'm not called to live a natural life. I'm not naturally the kind of person that likes to just be put into a structure and confined. I'm the kind of person that wants to break free from that kind of stuff. But there are some ways in which God has called us to live. Uh, There's some habits that God wants us to get into because you don't rise to the level of your goals. How many people in here have had a goal for the last 10 years that they're going to have better uh, you know, beginnings, new, new Year's resolutions, to go to the gym, to get healthier, to do more study, to I don't know what it is, or, or, or to be a better person. But every time it says 93% of people fail by the time they get to Valentine's Day. And so something's not working. Our goals don't seem to be able to sustain the journey to get there. And so I want to just press into a wee bit more of that this morning. Why do, do we need systems and, and what does the Bible say about systems? And I love this story. A friend of mine used to come over from the States. Uh, I used to bring him into the schools to preach to the kids and just try and connect with him with, with the good news of the gospel. And he would always tell this story and it was kind of touching on habits and how habits are so important. He always used to say this story. He used to say the same story in different schools and it was funny every time. And he used to say, you know, I've got, three, I've got three daughters at home, and uh, I tell my daughters all the time, honey, have you brushed your teeth? And they're like, dad, oh, I can't be bothered tonight. Oh, I'm just tired. I've already got my PJs on. I just want to go to sleep. I can't be bothered going and brushing my teeth. He's like, listen, you've got to brush your teeth. But dad, I can't be bothered. I don't want to. It's too much hassle. I don't want to get into that way of living. I, I, I just I can't be bothered today. And then one day becomes two days and three days becomes four. And he says, listen, if you don't understand what I'm saying to you, let me explain to you right now. If you do not brush your teeth, in a few years' time, your teeth will fall out. And if your teeth fall out, you'll become insecure about how you look. People will begin to to make fun of you and it'll begin to disintegrate your confidence and and how you see yourself and who you are, not what you do, but who you are, will begin to change. You'll begin to to doubt yourself and all of a sudden because you, you don't think much of yourself, the next time a boy comes and gives you some attention, all of a sudden you'll begin to get intimate with him. You'll have a baby. Why? And all of a sudden you'll not be able to go to college, you'll not be able to get a job because you've went ahead and you didn't brush your teeth. So can you please just brush your teeth? It seems 
a bit extreme, doesn't it? Something so simple. Just one night, two minutes, completely different life. Completely different life. And listen, we all make mistakes. The reason we're talking about this is because some of us are in that position and we're looking back thinking, oh, I shouldn't have done that. But you know, God's grace is sufficient. God is a restorer. God is good. God is a, a father. But listen, we want to get better, right? We want to break some cycles that are unhealthy. We want to learn from history. We want to learn from the past. And we want to, to set the next generation up to go further. Can I get an amen? Is anyone with me? And so, hey, brush your teeth. That's it. Come on, you can win today. It says 40% of your actions that you take every day are a result of just habit. 40%. I believe that's the foundational 40 the first 40. You know, and the thing about a habit is you don't realize that you're doing it. It's a habit because you're not thinking. You know, you, know, you think about when you start to drive. Uh, I've seen Sarah out there driving with the L plates on with her driving instructor, and I quickly got away out of the road. <laughs> but but, but when, you're, when you're driving, like Sarah's probably driving right now, she's being told 10 to 2, look at the mirror, slow down, third, second, first. Third, when you're come, coming up to the roundabout, go into second, take one gear at a time, and da-da-da, da-da-da. Rhyme it off over and over, and it's like annoying, and it's, I have to keep remembering these things. And it doesn't feel very freeing. It doesn't feel very fun when you're doing that to pass the test. It doesn't feel that exciting because all you're thinking, you're possessed, you're obsessed with just trying to look at the mirror at the right time, look at the side mirror, look at the back mirror, put the brakes on, indicate at the right time. Your mind is consumed, but once you get to the stage where it becomes a rhythm, it becomes a habit, all of a sudden you pass your test. And when you pass your test, you don't really have to think about it. I don't know about you, but there's some mornings I go to work and I forget how I got there. I forget, like, what actually, was I driving? I don't even remember putting the indicator on. I don't, did I put the indicator on? Was I doing the right speed? It felt nice, but I don't know if I was doing the right speed. Because, because subconsciously, you're not actually thinking. There's nothing going on in your, in, in your cognitive brain. It's subconscious. It, it, you're into rhythm. You're into habit. How many things in life are you doing right now that's just a habit you don't even think or realize why you're doing it? You just, just, you just always don't. Well, maybe there's some things that you've inherited that aren't helping you fulfill your destiny and who God has called you to be. Maybe there's some things we need to we need to go back into driving school. Maybe we need to go back into to reforming some habits that look more Christ-like so that God can use us to do the work that he's called us to do. See, goals don't determine success. Systems do. Well, Phil, that doesn't sound very spiritual. <laughs> I'm getting to a scripture, by the way. I'm building up. Bear with me. Goals don't determine success. Systems determine success. Systems? Sounds very religious. Systems. So you don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. You fall to the level 
of your systems, as much as you have great intentions for this year to go good, unless you have some kind of flow or some kind of habit or some kind of rhythm to get there, it's not going to happen. You might want to get to the other side of the earth as, as much as you want to get there. It will not happen until you've got some kind of approach where there's either wheels turning or there's a turbine flowing that can bring you from A to B. There's got to be a process. There's got to be a system to get you there or it's just a good idea or it's just a nice thought. It's just a vision. It's just something you get excited about. And I, I struggle with that myself because I'm a visionary. I love to dream. And, but the problem is often the process doesn't feel nice at the start. Often the start of getting into a rhythm or a system or forming a system doesn't feel that exciting, but it's going to get me to where I want to go. So as a church, as a person who wants to come alive, I'm going to have to form some systems that are going to allow me to not just get alive in Christ, not just get excited for the things of God, but actually stay excited. And it's going to, what if we got to a stage where those things were a rhythm, where those things were subconscious, where reading your Bible or praying or listening and hearing from God was a habit. Oh, what would happen in your life? What would happen in people's lives around you as they were blessed by this overflow from your life? Let's just go ahead and get into uh, the Bible. And Daniel 6, uh, this guy Daniel, some of, maybe, some of you have maybe heard of him. Daniel is this guy, a lot of us have heard Daniel in the lion's, the lion's den. We've heard about Daniel in the lion's den. We kind of know that story maybe from when we were younger. But, but actually, here's a, a story about Daniel, what was happening behind the scenes before that all happened. Here we have it in Daniel 6, verses 1 to 3. It says, it pleased Darius to appoint 120 sand traps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. He had a system in place. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities. He was exceptional. He had a spirit of excellence. One of our values here is excellent. Is our, excellence is our standard. Everything we do, we try to do to the best of our ability. Not perfect, excellent. He, he was set apart ex exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom of the whole nation. So, so out of these extraordinary 120, for some reason, Daniel was set apart. But then often what happens is when you're gifted, sometimes people don't like you. <laughs> Come on, we've all been there where, where you've seen that person in the class. <laughs> what was your mark? I got 95. I'm not asking them again. Or, or, or in the team, you're always picked middle or to last, and they're always picked first. And if they show any hint of being cocky, oh, I'm going to take you down. And so it's just a natural thing on the, in the earth in which we live. If, if you have confidence or if you're gifted, you've got to be careful because often sometimes you may get rejected, not because you're doing something wrong, but because of you being gifted and good. And so I remember a friend of mine who's a, is a pastor, he says, Phil, listen, here's the reality. 
a third of your church, they'll probably like you. <laughs> a third, they'll think you're okay. <laughs> the other third, they don't really like you. They're there because of someone else. So who are the, who's the last third? <laughs> but but the, here, here's the reality. I'm okay with that. That's an expectation. That's life. Personalities are different. People think different. You know, we, we calculate things differently. We make decisions differently. That's okay. That's a part of life. We don't all connect on a deep level. That's why we got to make it about God and not about a person. Yeah? We got to make it about who God is and not about someone's individual gift or effort. But, but hopefully that will free some people in here up. It's okay that people don't like you. It's okay. It's normal. Don't, because I think sometimes we get so offended when we find that someone doesn't like us or they're maybe not inviting us to the party or, or whatever it is because you know why we have this expectation, this fantasy, this goal that doesn't exist. It's not real life. And so let's just break free from that bondage right now. And so it goes on to say, um, here's Daniel, it says in, in, in verse 4, at this, the administrators and the Sanchops tried to find grounds for charge against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they weren't able to do so. They could find no corruption in him. They were trying to catch him out. They were trying to set him back. They were trying to make him fall. They were jealous. They didn't like. They had an excellent spirit. You see, some of you are trying to break out of, of I don't know whether it's a friendship circle or in your work, you're trying to do things well, but, but it's like people are trying to continue. They don't want, they're not going to praise you for doing well. They're not going to give you a high five. They're not going to get excited about you doing well. But why? Because it makes them feel insecure. It makes them feel not excited. Why? It's not because they don't like you. It's because they're jealous of you or, 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 or they feel intimidated by you. But listen, you're not called to please man. You're called to please God. And if you keep trying to please man, then you'll never be all that God's called you to be. So you know what? Maybe, maybe when people start to, to slag you off or so, people try to take you down, maybe you should take that as an encouragement. Hey, thank you. <laughs> Let me take you out for food. Let me take you out for the 48-inch steak. Or what, 40 ounce, sorry, not inch, <laughs> ounce. That's a heck of a steak, 48 ounce. 48 ounce steak that John Atino rolls with every other week. What was it? 48, 42, I mean, it sounds, 48 sounds better. And he got it for free because they had it all. Come on, put our hands together for John Atino. You know, I know those owners were trying to catch you out, John Atino. I know they wanted you to pay the 50 quid for the stick. They were trying to confine you, trying to take you out like Daniel. But listen, you knew your ability. <laughs> you knew what was in you. <clears throat> and you overcame. And so Daniel knew what was in him. And so, so they couldn't find no corruption because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Negligent. See, I would argue that, that, watch what Daniel does. I would argue that Daniel had a system. This was Daniel's approach, so he knew, he heard. So it goes on to say in, in verse 10, so now Daniel learned, he found out. He had an opportunity to be super discouraged. He had an opportunity to think, I'm just gonna be what they want me to be. I'm just not gonna do. I, I, they tried to catch him out in, in such a way where they tried to use his dedication, his habit, habits of praying against him. And, and what, could be so easy for you to do is to confine. It's just to become like the way people want you to come, become the failure they want you to become. Don't excel. Don't be excellent. Don't, don't, don't do anything 
out of the ordinary, just stay within their little insecure trap. But, but Daniel said, no, I trust God above people. He says, now Daniel learned that the decree had been published, the decree to, to catch him out. And he went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open towards Jerusalem three times. Everyone said three times. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed. Three times. So that, that, you know what that means? Yesterday, he prayed three times. The day before that, he prayed three times. I'm not talking about just three times in a row. Three parts of the day, he, he broke in morning, probably noon and night. Three times. The day before that, the week before that, he done it three times. The month before that, three times. The year before that, three times. He was in a habit of praying three times a day, giving thanks to, the, to God just as he had done before. Just as he had done before. Today, I'm praying. Tomorrow, it's not a question. I'm praying. I have predecided that a week from now, I'm praying. A month from now, I'm praying. It's just a way of life. I'm not even subconsciously thinking about it. It's just 40%. It's just what I do. I don't even have to think about the steering wheel. I don't even have to think about it anymore. I don't even. I, I, God spoke to me today, but I forgot how. Oh, that's right. I was, pray, I was praying. I forgot about that. That, that was. I'm just in continual, he was dedicated to be in continual fellowship with God. He had dedicated himself to trust God above what people say. And here we have, just as soon as he was doing something that was bearing fruit, it gave him an excellent spirit. It gave him life. It gave him overflow. The people came and tried to take him out. They didn't like it that he was excelling. They didn't like it that there was something in his spirit that was different, that was giving him favor with the government. They didn't like it. What if we could grasp that? What if we started to get into that rhythm? What would happen in your workplace when you stop fearing man? What would happen in your family? What would happen with your friends when you stop being so scared to invite them to church or share something on your heart that God's put on your heart to share with them? What would happen if we got that kind of boldness? Well, I'm telling you, it cannot happen without prayer and being in the Word. So, Maddie, real quick, come on up. I want... Maddie to share. So, so we started the series last week and Maddie was obviously listening a wee bit, at least for two minutes. And, and he actually shared a post on... Put her hands together for Maddie. <laughs> and just embarrass and do something, I don't know. Um, and he shared something about uh, his phone and just a few little things. So he put some things into practice this week, so I'll give him that, I'm sure. Yeah, it's actually it's weird because it's been something for a while where I've been like, I just really wanted to get better in the mornings. I don't know if anyone's in that struggle, like really sucks in the morning. But I, I don't know, I think it's just maybe just being a university student, I don't know what it was, just lazy. But I could never get up. And actually I noticed it was having like a domino effect on the rest of my day because I felt it took me a long time to even feel motivated to do, really do something. And then, you know, when, when you're trying to find time, you know, to really spend time with God and your, your day gets really busy and you're like, oh, I'll do it later and later and later. Anyway, and, and last week, I'd say it really sparked me and I was praying. I was like, Lord, I just pray for for change like really I know that you're you're the God of all things and I know you don't see it as small and insignificant and so um and so I came across this video that I'd shared on Facebook that was kind of talking about the science of like waking up I'll not bore you with it but anyway it's, it's really interesting of you and to be honest with you that was kind of an answer to prayer because I sort of needed something like the scientific like actual approach to the way our mind works and, and anyway 
And so I, it really sparked me into taking a few different like simple steps and stuff. And in the morning, then I really started to find that like just getting up and, and having like an hour and a half before work and spending time with God really set me up so much for the rest of the day rather than trying to like squeeze it in because the thing about it is we can actually start to like subconsciously even worship the routine but the routine's actually leading you to something else it's leading you to a relationship and i could feel like in my heart it actually wasn't getting up in the morning i wanted to get better at it was deeper than that like my actual spirit was thirsting for god like hungering for god and i've just found that just and it's weird because like even as well you can start to get into this simple like routine of just worshiping i get up and do my thing and then i go it's not even about that it's about actually making space because god works and god moves and and I really just found that to be like a massive foundation. So pray that it continues. Please pray for me. I need it. Because I just know Monday morning will come. I'll hit snooze and I'll be biting it. But so, yeah. Yeah. Come on, pronounce again for Maddie. And this is what I hate. I hate. You see, when you preach on stuff, this is what I found. As soon as I preach on something that's challenged, I'm like, that's it. I can't be bothered preaching on anything anymore. Because there's usually something like, oh, that's great. I've just preached on habits and people are out of habits now. Uh, and... and, and even my own self, we went through the fast um, for 21 days, and a part of that was getting up and having prayer in the church and inviting anyone to come from 6.45 to 7.45. And honestly, I, I've done that for three weeks, and it, it, changed, it, cha- it changed my days because my first step was to be, I, I wasn't rushing. I, I, was, I didn't have this, li- this, li- this, this mistruth of thinking, if I can get five more minutes in bed or if I can just sleep five minutes before school, school or whatever it is, work, and just go, then I'll be better. It, it, it was a lie. It never worked. It I always felt worse. I, was not, I wasn't prepared. My thoughts weren't collected. I was all over the show. And so, you know what happened actually this week? On Tuesday, I just went back to the old routine of just sleeping to whenever. I was off this week because schools were off. And, and I slept in, and I felt awful. I had the most unproductive day. I, I, at the end of it, I felt awful. I, I felt guilty. I didn't feel good. And I said, that's it. I'm getting back in the routine of what I'd done during the fast. And I came in at 6.45 in the church. And I had the mo- I, ha- I would say tenfold. Because I prayed, I got in the word, I felt God speak. I felt his presence. Uh, and so I, I, was, I succeeded. I had a successful day. I, that, I would say Wednesday, I, I won that day. I said Tuesday, I lost. Uh, and so what am I trying to say is that it was a cool wee thing that, that Manny suggested was, hey, when you're, actually when you, your, your body works in cycles and when you, every time you hit the snooze, you trick your, your, your body into thinking you're going back to sleep and so it, it goes in cycles of like three hours or whatever it is and if you break that early, then you feel the only way to break it is through a cold shower. So unless you like cold showers, it's going to affect your mood and how you, your flow and your rhythm and, and so, a wee trick that for some of you it might be helpful is, is set your alarm and throw the phone away far enough where you have to get up to turn the alarm off rather than when you have it the side of your bed, you go on social media, hit the snooze. It affects your whole flow, affects your whole day, but that's just a, a wee side point. And so, so as I think about systems, I think about fellowship, I think about all those things as we go to finish up here. You know, that, that's why from I was 17, I tithed. I tithed. It, it, it's a habit. I don't think about it. It's subconscious now. I just, something that I do. It's one decision I pre-decided to give. I believe God has blessed me in that area of my life. You know, mostly not by giving me tons of money, but mostly by, by not making me love after money and not, not let, let that taint my life and work 
in the direction in which I go from the left or to the right. My motivation isn't driven by having more money necessarily. I just want provision. And, and so that's a danger. And I believe through that habit, it's protected me. And, and, and through staying committed to church, you know, I always used to wonder why, you know, in, in church they used to give the attendance awards. And I used to think, ah, this, you know, we're not doing that. But it, I started to realize, you know, that's actually an amazing rhythm. That's an amazing habit for a young kid to get into and to reward them for their faithfulness because it, it, it stands by their side in years to come. And that's why it's so important. You've got to ask yourself as a family, what is more important? Is church more important? Because at the end of the day, what is church one hour a week at a weekend? And everything flows from that. So, so as a family, what's more important? Church or going for a walk or, or, or going to the cinema or going playing sport on a Sunday? What's more important? What's going to st- what habit is going to help your family, yourself, that person in the long, in the long run, what's going to help them to keep their values in the foundational love of God? You, you've got to question those things. What habits do we need to get into? And if a habit is broken, sometimes it's very hard to get back. As we finish up, there's the band. Come ahead on forward. So I asked you the question, and Daniel prayed three times a day. You know, what small habit can you start? I think one of the, the worst things for us is that we we create habits that are not reachable. We're like, oh, I'm going to read the Bible. I, I'm going to do, and I need to do like a book a day or I need to do a chapter a day. I need to do three chapters a day or, or, or from different parts of the Bible. And you, I'll be honest, I started a plan and, and it was too long. And I came away thinking I need three hours to complete this. It was like three chapters and even to take it in. And I, I, Maybe I'm just not that smart. But, but I just, I can't get anything from this. I, I'm striving to finish it, never mind hear what God has to say. And so I stopped it. I gave myself the license to stop it and not feel guilty. And I started a plan that was one verse. <laughs> one verse a day. A devotional plan with one verse and a devotion beside it. I'm telling you, it worked. I feel so much better. I don't feel guilty. I started strong. I, I had time for... For, for just spontaneous prayer with God and, and allow him to speak just one step at a time. One wee step. You know, what wee, one wee step can you take? Maybe, who do you want to be? Let's not focus on what we want to achieve or what we want to get or what goal. Who do you want to be? Do you want to be a healthy person? Do you want to be a joyful person? A clean person? If you want to be a clean person every day. A shower. Do you think about showering? Habit. Hopefully it's every day. Clean. I, I'm a clean person, so I shower. I don't even think about it anymore. It's a, it's a habit. Do you, do you want to be a person that, that, that has the peace, that passes all understanding? Well, well, we need to get into the presence as a habit, not as a, a goal. As a way of life, you see, your win is not in the distant future. Your win is in the now. You can win today. You don't have to wait for this place in the future before you get all spiritual and you read five chapters a day. No, no, let's start with a verse. I, I, well, well, maybe, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm starting to journal just one, one line a day. And, and I find when I do one line, it becomes two lines and a flow begins to come out, and I'm like, oh my word. But often what stops me is that I'm trying to do 10 lines before and I don't start because I'm like, I don't have the time. I, I'm not sure I can, and I get disheartened. So make it easy. 
Stop, let's stop making it all hard and over-spiritualize it. Start somewhere. Take a step. Maybe you, you, or you haven't been in church in a while or, or you're not sure if you can do this God thing or, or, or Jesus, follow Jesus, and, and you're overwhelmed by, by trying to be some holy Joe. How about you just start somewhere? It's by grace that you're saved. It's not by your own might. It's not by your own strength. It's by, hey, just take a step. God's grace is sufficient. Just, just start coming to church regularly. That's, that's a step. It's an hour a week. It's not much. Then, then maybe the next step could be, hey, maybe you could get in a group. Make some friends. You know, you, show me your friends and show me your, your future. There's no way you can make it. There's no way you can make it without being around like-minded people. See, going to the gym, it's hard by yourself. It's hard. But you get some people around, you get into a, a group, you get into a team of people, oh boy. You're not even thinking because you're too busy chatting about life, stuff, having fun, competing, distracted, sneaky for Jesus. Make it easy. See, one of the problems we have with, with goals is this. Our, our goals are, hey, I'm going to go and do this course at school or, or junior or whatever it is so I can do this and get this job and so I can move here and so I can buy that car and so I can move to this area. Or I'm, I'm going to go and, and go to, to church even so I can get some more, more friends, so that, so that, so, or I'm going to go date that person or, or be this way with my family so that they, the, kids, the kids will act this way and so and so and so and so and so. So the problem is there's always a so. It's a means to an end. There's a never-ending story. You, you know what happens? You end up deferring your happiness to the future. It's not reachable because if you're always wanting, if you're always wanting, you're never, sorry, if you're always waiting for the so, then you're always wanting for more. And you're never winning in the now. And so maybe God's way was never that you would have to wait. It's good to have goals. It's good to have vision. Absolutely. But, but you can win today. You don't have to wait for tomorrow. You don't have to wait for next week. You don't have to wait until you get that course or you get that job or you have a baby or whatever it looks like or, or that relationship. You can win today. God's presence was never intended to be somewhere in your future. The love, joy, and peace of the Holy Spirit was never meant to be in a destination in the future. It's for today. You can win today. You can pray and get God's presence today. You don't have to come to church to get the presence of God. You get it every morning when you wake up. And you spend time. You set your alarm. You create a system. Come on, God has called us to success today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a few things I'd like you to do. Subscribe to our podcast so the most recent message will always be in your feed. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you, 
and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can go onto our website at ariatchurch.org and give now. And we will see you next time on the Ariat Church Podcast. <laughs>